1: greenie with mike greenberg the podcast
0: oh the excitement is in the air the nfl draft is upon us canty and carlin in for greenie on espn radio and on your smart speaker at play espn radio network not to mention espn plus and the espn app thanks so much for joining us on this draft day we've got so much to get to over the next half hour including more on the nba playoffs And wild predictions that could happen tonight. I have got a doozy in just a little bit. But, Chris, we mentioned that there are eight teams that have two first-round picks uh, this draft tonight. Mm -hmm. That means there are also eight teams that do not have a first-round pick. And we already know what some of the mentality is among some of the teams like the Rams of – Hey, screw it. We're going to try to win right now. I think I'm speci- run down for I the- think more specifically or more accurately, it was less need
1: FM yes. picks. I think exactly. that's that's the mantra <laughs> that's hanging in the building for the Los Angeles Rams.
0: And it worked for them. He I, I love the fact that he did confirm the other day on Chris Long's podcast that if he's available pick number one oh four, the Rams would take Kayvon Thibodeau. <laughs> but I love it. I ask you this question, Chicago, Miami, San Francisco, the Raiders, Denver, Indianapolis, the Rams and the Browns. None of those eight teams has a first round pick tonight, which team has already without a first round pick won the draft tonight. Well, I mean, we have to put the Los
1: Angeles Rams aside, right? Because they don't have a first-round pick as a part of that Matthew Stafford trade and how'd that work out for the Rams. Yes. So, or I a mean, second clear, or third Von Miller. Yeah
0: exactly. yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, we have to set the Rams aside because they've already won the championship as mm-hmm. a result of trading this year's first-round pick. But the team that I would put in the runner-up position – another team that I think can win a championship this year, that would be the Denver Broncos because they don't have a first-round pick due to the Russell Wilson trade. And for them, that was the only thing that that organization was missing. They had the offensive line in place. They had the skill position players in place. They just re-signed Melvin Gordon, not to mention Javante Williams in that backfield. They have a defense that was top five in scoring defense, top ten in yards from a year ago. The only thing that the Denver Broncos were missing was the quarterback. And now they've solidified that position for let's call it the next 5 to 7 years conservatively. That that's what they have. They they have a quarterback that's capable of winning them a championship and being a big reason why they win a championship. This is not a situation where you're worried about, you know, your quarterback having to be a passenger around a really good roster. No you have a guy that has shown he's capable of elevating the play of everybody around him, not to mention you have a really good skill position core and you have a rock solid defense. So I I think the Denver Broncos hit a home run by being able to land Russell Wilson. The only person person that I'm worried about screwing that thing up is Nathaniel Hackett. As long as he can (laughs) avoid being a hack head coach – then the Denver Broncos are going to be in pretty good position to compete for Lombardi.
0: And what's surprising is that's easier said than done in a lot of time and a lot of situations, avoiding being a hack head coach. Now, there are a couple of teams, I would agree that they have won the draft from that standpoint, but there are a couple of teams that have already put themselves right on that next level. And I would put Miami and I would put the Raiders right there, right under them as having done exceptionally well for not having a first-round pick because of who they added, Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. With Hill in particular, the fact that you have a quarterback that you know um, is not at his strength when he's throwing the football down the field and you have added Hill who can really just make a massive play out of nothing immediately at the line of scrimmage on a quick wide receiver screen boy I just I believe and you already had waddle and you you know you traded away Parker, but um, you have guys that can make the most of getting the football within five yards of the line of scrimmage and so that that changed the dynamic of that offense.
1: This is not going to be a popular opinion, but I hate the Tyree kill trade for the Miami Dolphins. I just hate hate it for them in terms of where they're at with their program building. I get that you need to have a number one receiver for a young quarterback that you're trying to develop, but you can't take full advantage of the skill set that Tyreek Hill brings to the table because your quarterback can't push the ball down the field. I mean, it's not a matter of the defense trying to make sure that they stay in front of Tyreek Hill when you know that Tua can't throw the ball down the field outside of the numbers with any degree of accuracy. So I don't know how much fear Tyreek Hill is going to strike into opposing defenses as a deep ball threat, not because he's not a threat, not because he's not an explosive player, just because he doesn't have a quarterback that can get him the ball. And, Colin, the other thing that remains to be seen is that offensive line for the Miami Dolphins being able to keep Tua upright and Tua being able to stay healthy. So those are some huge question marks that have to be answered before I can say that the Miami Dolphins are winners tonight even though they don't have a one because they traded for Tyreek Hill. I just don't see them getting the return on investment, but a big part of that is because I don't believe in the quarterback. And if I'm being conservative, Carl, and I just want to make sure that I'm being fair when we're talking about Tua and framing the conversation, is he the third best quarterback in the AFC East?
0: Right now, yes.
1: He's the He's the third best quarterback in the division.
0: You think he's last? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying that's where he's at. He's the I, third yeah, best. I think that's, I he's think the that's third about best right. quarterback. I think, Can I put him on the same level as Mac Jones? I think I can right now. So I, I'd say tied for. Can second. you?
1: Can, but can you though? Mac I Jones went I to can, a Pro Bowl because Mac Jones went to a Pro Bowl as a rookie. I get the Tua has beat him head to head, but Mac Jones went to the Pro Bowl as a rookie and they were in the playoffs.
0: I, I know, has but Tua we, we also know that they have the same weakness about getting the ball down the field. Like, the pop-gun arm is what the issue is with Mac Jones, too. And I with Tua, at least he's got better weapons to try to make it happen with.
1: Him. And, Carlin, what you're saying is fair about the physical attributes, but the one thing that you're not mentioning is the fact that Mac Jones is going to be under center for every single game. And the New England Patriots have no delusions on what Mac Jones is, whereas the Miami Dolphins and their general manager, Chris Greer, is moving heaven and earth to prove that he was right – in drafting Tua in 2020 ahead of Justin
0: Herbert. How's that working out for them? Listen, I totally agree. And that was a massive mistake, and I still can't believe they made that mistake. One other team, though, Chris, I I wish, because under normal circumstances, I would have said, no-brainer, they absolutely had already won the draft before it even started. And that would have been the Cleveland Browns. But I can't say that for two reasons. Number one, my conscience with Deshaun <laughs> Watson, because I can't feel good about that situation. I just can't feel good about it. And that's just a personal thing, but that's me. Number two is I don't know how much he's playing this coming year. I mean, how long is that one going to hang out there? Isn't that, you know, it, we, it, it is bizarre, and I know how many cases there are, but it is bizarre that in basically. More than a year now, we still have no concept of how much time this guy could miss at this point. Well, Carlin, I'll say this. If
1: the NFL hasn't formally suspended him or disciplined him yet, I think they're going to wait until the resolution of these civil cases before they take any action. Because the last thing that they want to do is levy a penalty, a fine, a suspension, and it not be enough based on the findings of the legal proceedings. So I I could see the NFL standing pat until the resolution of these cases. And based on what we've heard on that front, it could be in some time in 2023. It's not likely to have all of those civil cases resolved this year. So I see Deshaun Watson playing more games than not this upcoming season. And from that standpoint, I think it's a home run for the Cleveland Browns. I know it might be uncomfortable for folks to hear that, but from strictly a football perspective, they are getting a top five quarterback. In the in his mid twenties, and he's locked up long term. I, I I I mean, you you wanted to find a quarterback, you wanted to get rid of that jersey with the list of the what 28, 29 names on it. Well, Deshaun Watson helps you do that.
0: You now have a bona fide franchise quarterback. Congratulations, 8, Cleveland. Eight 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 say ESPN 3776 nine three seven seven six. Two questions for you: What are you most looking forward to tonight? And give us your wild draft prediction, because that's what we are giving you in just
2: moments. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more.
3: h-e-l-p dot com slash greeny g-r-e-e-n-y
0: the minutes ticking away toward the nfl draft tonight all the coverage beginning here on espn radio at 7 p.m eastern time and of course Make sure that you are locked in for it on ESPN, ESPN Radio, ABC, everything. Try the $45 Silver Unlimited Plan from Straight Talk Wireless with Nationwide 5G and America's best network, Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5g capable device required actual availability coverage and speed may vary we will go live to las vegas in 20 minutes right now at 888 say espn 888-729-3776 we are taking your calls on what you're hoping for tonight and your wild predictions chris let's give our wild draft predictions one each my big one is pretty simple At nine, the Seattle Seahawks will stun the world and will take Malik Willis. That is my prediction Mm, tonight. We have not talked about the Seahawks drafting a quarterback at all. They don't talk about Drew Locke a whole lot other than to say the right things, and it makes me believe that they just took Drew Locke back kind of because they needed a body. I think the Seahawks could surprise everyone and take Malik Willis tonight, and primarily because they need a quarterback, and you have not heard boo about it.
1: Yeah, Drew Locke and Geno Smith are just something to do when there's nothing to do. They need a quarterback, and it feels like a Pete Carroll, John Snyder kind of pick because it's a guy that has an unconventional path in order to get to the NFL and be a top-ten player. They had success with a quarterback that has a similar stature in Russell Wilson, so I like the dominant traits that Malik Willis brings to the table, and – I think the Seahawks could talk themselves into falling in love with a player like that. So I like your bold prediction. My bold prediction for tonight, we're not going to see a running back come off the board, Carlin. And I know Brees Hall from Iowa State is an absolute beast. But I think this is more a reflection of the devaluing of the running back position around the National Football League. Hell, look at Debo Samuel. This guy wants to leave San Francisco, a perennial contender, because... He doesn't like the fact that they put him in the backfield. He he thinks that it'll jeopardize his career mortality and his career longevity. So I I just think that NFL teams look at the running back position as one of those where you can find value, you can find contributors in the latter rounds, and they don't want to invest significant draft capital at the top of the draft in that particular position. So no running back going in the first round. I'm pretty sure that Mel Kuyper Jr., Would love to hear me say that because he's been saying that for the last decade or so.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. I wanted to let you lay that out. Not a bold prediction. It is a bold prediction. Oh, it is not a bold prediction. prediction. When the first guy's projected to maybe go at 28-29, and we've talked about the devaluing of the running, it's not bold. It's not bold. It's a bold
1: prediction. Oh. I don't know how you can not say it's a bold prediction.
0: Nuno. Hashtag Nuno. Bold prediction, weak sauce, go. No, that's kind of weak, man. That, that, that is weak. Wow. How is
1: it weak? What are you talking about? We're seeing running backs going the first round every year. Last year we had, what, two running backs going the first round? We didn't had have Christian 10. McCaffrey be a top 10 pick, Ezekiel Elliott be a top 5 pick. What are we talking about? It's a bold prediction. Stop yourselves. Uh, but, no, uh, I'm, with, I'm with Candy here. That is the definition of a bold take. Oh, that
0: is, that is garbage. That is, a, that is the kind of
1: take we want.
0: That's a bold take. Come on. It's a
1: bold take that has a chance of actually being right. How about that? I Old like to be exposed. right. I'm going to pay
0: attention to that. It's, <laughs> it's a bold okay, take. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> what are your bold takes? We want to hear them at 888 say ESPN, 888 729 Two things that would have been bold uh, a couple of weeks ago. How about these, Canty? This, according to Caesar Sportsbook, right now. Derek Stingley is now plus 100 to go number three overall he had opened at 100 to one <laughs> holy cow wow. he's wow. now even money to go number three to the texans and then aiden hutchinson is now the favorite to go number two but also number four as well At number two he's minus 160 uh at number four he's plus 200 now Chris, I Ain't don't no see shot
1: that Aiden Hutchinson no. gets past the Detroit Lions. I don't no think way. there's any chance. Homegrown, uh, uh, a Michigan kid, success at UM. There's no chance that Dan Campbell, Mr.
0: Kneecap Biter himself, hmm. passes on a kneecap biter like Aiden Hutchinson. No shot that that happens. All right, no let's chance. do it. Scott in Virginia, up first on ESPN Radio on Greeny. Scott, what's going on?
4: Not too much, guys. How y'all doing today?
0: Outstanding. What's your bold prediction tonight? I would really like to see Carolina draft back. Move from 6 to maybe 11 or 12. Reducid them picks from the Darnold fiasco. Maybe focus on the secondary again because DeFond Gilmore is no longer in Carolina. Maybe you can pick up Andrew Booth. Or if their Stanley hype is not all there, pick him up there. Feels like that might be high for Booth because we're going to see in him a little bit later on. Chris, I could see the Panthers wanting to take a corner to pair with J.C. Horn, but uh, I don't know that they're going to be able to move back. Like I, That's what I want to see. Who gets nuts? I want to get nuts. Let's get nuts. I want to see somebody get nuts tonight and move up into that top top ten.
1: Yeah, I think there'll be somebody that wants to get up. It might not necessarily be for a quarterback. It might be for a position that's scarce, that you could see a huge drop-off with, like the edge rush class, because we got a top four four at the top of this draft, and then after that, there's a a, a little bit of a drop-off. So I could see a team wanting to get up to get that last edge rusher or wanting to get up to try to get one of those corners. Um, If Derek Stingley Jr. goes at number three, somebody moving up to try to get Sauce Gardner, I could absolutely see a world where that happens. But the Carolina Panthers need to address their offensive line. Just so we're clear, they need a quarterback, but they need an offensive lineman equally as bad. Like Their offensive line is in shambles. They have to get an offensive line because even if you get the quarterback, you got to find a way to protect the quarterback and keep him upright. They don't have enough guys to be able to do that.
0: Tim in New Jersey next on Greeny on ESPN Radio with Canty and Carlin. What's up, Tim? Hey, bowl protection, Pittsburgh. I think they're going to be over five hundred with Trubinsky or with uh, one of the quarterbacks on the board. They're going to trade up and put that offensive line, offensive line back in check, get one of these beasts on offensive line so they're ready for the draft next year with a quarterback.
1: See, that's not a bold prediction. Pittsburgh no, being not. over
0: 500. That
1: is, Carlin, that's that it. is not a bold prediction. No. No that. running backs in the first round, bold prediction. No. Pittsburgh under Mike Tomlin being over 500, that's not a bold prediction. They're
0: always over 500 with Mike Tomlin. That's what he does. But neither <laughs> but one, one of them is does. a bold prediction. Neither don't one.
1: start that. Don't start with me. Don't and don't also, that.
0: that. I'll be a bad try to in, get an yeah. offensive lineman. Not terribly a bold prediction either, since I could walk in and start tomorrow. Phil in the Bronx is up next uh, with a bold prediction for the New York Jets. Phil, what do you got? Well, we spoke about this before. I tried to sell this uh, to you. The Jets trade with the Giants to acquire the seventh pick. They give a first rounder next year. They walk away from this draft with three studs oof that's bold I don't think the jets would have to give up a first rounder next year to oh you're saying in addition to the 10th pick I don't see that happening why though yeah the
1: jet the jets have four picks in the top 38 why would they why would they need to do that
0: yeah they don't I mean, need they, they, to do they can, that. they
1: can walk away with three studs staying right where they're at they, they, they this draft it, is tailor-made for the things that the Jets need they need offensive line they need edge rush help and they need corners the draft, the draft is littered with them. Yep. So everything that the Jets need, they can get in this draft, which makes this a huge, huge moment in Joe Douglas's tenure as their general manager. This is the pivot point. To your point, Carlin, this is the time as a Jets fan that you would look back on if your team is competitive in the foreseeable future and say,
0: this is where the worm turned, right here. This yep. is where it happened. And I'm taking it a step further. Within three to four years, when the Jets win a Super Bowl, you will look back at this draft. Dear God. Dear God. That's a bold prediction. That's what it looks like. When the Jets win win a Super Bowl? Okay. That's what I said. Compete for a Super Bowl. 888 say ESPN, 888 3776. In the Canty and Carlin relationship, I will look back on this day as the first time that I officially forced Chris Canty's head to go in his hand with something yes. I said. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Today is that day. Yes. With Stay that the off jet,
1: the, the weed. The Jets going to the Super Bowl. Never mind that they're tied for the worst record in the entire NFL since the start of 2017. Let's Gotta just start somewhere. About
0: that. Gotta start somewhere.
3: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: You look at the Packers, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I think there's a lot of pressure on both these teams. There's a little bit more on the Packers, but I think the Chiefs have just as much pressure considering they are a team that is in the midst of trying to build a dynasty here, and they have traded away One of the biggest keys to their success over the last four years in Tyreek Hill. Two late first-round picks tonight, but they've got to be able to prove this evening that that was the right move here moving forward as you're trying to capitalize on the prime of Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah, so I, I do think that it's the Green Bay Packers that have more pressure when we're comparing the two teams and what's going to happen tonight. But make no mistake about it, because of what happened this offseason in the AFC West, Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Brett Veach are going to be on a lot of pressure to make this thing work without Tyreek Hill. Because having Hill and his speed on the field makes everything easier for everyone else, Mahomes included. You think the middle of the field would be as open for Travis Kelsey if it weren't for Tyreek Hill? Probably not. So I just think that there's going to be an added degree of difficulty in terms of how that offense operates without having Tyreek Hill, the, the vertical speed element, and a player that's just as dynamic as he is. It's not just about throwing the ball deep to him, Carlin. It's about the smokes, the raise up and throw out there, outside of the numbers, using that as an extension of the run game. It's about Tyreek Hill being able to take a five-yard slant, 75 yards to the house. It's about Tyreek Hill on the jet sweeps. So not having all of those different elements means that their offense is going to look a little bit differently. And so there's going to be a curve that they have to adjust to in a short order because the rest of the division is catching up to them. So I think by far the Green Bay Packers have more pressure on them because they have a shorter runway with Aaron Rodgers than the Chiefs do with Mahomes. But there is a lot of pressure on Brett Veach to get it right with those two first-rounders tonight.
0: It is amazing to me that the, the Packers gave the extension that they did To Aaron Rodgers, yet it still is going to feel like we're going to live year to year on that beyond the season. And I would agree that there is more pressure. I, I do believe it's a little bit closer because as seemingly easy as it has been for the Chiefs over the last few years to compete for a championship, I look around the rest of the AFC and everything that's happened and specifically in the division and that guy has to be replaced on that Chiefs offense. they got to do it tonight. When you think of Vegas, you think of Greeny. There's no question about that. It's Kanzi and Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio. And on ESPN Plus, will three defensive linemen be taken with the first three picks of the draft? You find out tonight. The 2022 NFL Draft is on ESPN Radio. First-round coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations not to mention on ESPN and ABC as well. And the man who is the namesake of this show is joining us right now live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Greeny is with us. Greeny, it is Chris Carlin and Chris Canty. And as you know, uh, I am a pillar of the fashion community. So my first question to you on this big day every year is always the same. Who are you wearing tonight?
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm Hopefully I'm wearing Ike Mokwanu and Garrett Wilson, that's what I'm hoping by the end of the night I'm wearing is the Jets have the 4th and 10th pitch, and that's what I'm hoping they will do. And I'm hoping that the answer to the question you just asked a moment ago is yes, that the three defensive ends wind up going 1, 2, and 3, because I, I don't personally believe that's where the best value in this draft is. I think the best players in this draft are the offensive tackles and the corners. Um, and I hope the Jets wind up taking one of those at number four, either Aquanu, the tackle, or... mod Sauce Gardner, the corner, and then get one of the receivers at 10, the best of whom I think is Garrett Wilson. Uh, And I would also say, Chris, that that's the first time in my life that anyone has ever said, "When you think of Vegas, you think of Greeny. So I enjoyed that very much.
0: (laughs) In some circles known as Mikey Vegas, there's no doubt. But on your (laughs) Jets uh, prediction there, Greeny, I need to get your – Reaction. We were making bold predictions moments ago, and I've said this throughout the course of the show, and I I don't want you to pass out before the end of the night, so I will just ask you this question, or, or, or make this statement and get your reaction. When you look back three to four years from now, when the New York Jets are competing for a Super Bowl championship, these next two days will be the most important days that you will look back on and say, that's when it turned. Your response.
4: No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think that the the day we will look back on will be last year and whether or not Zach Wilson has turned into an elite quarterback. Now you could, if if you wanted to say that the pieces they put in place tonight and the rest of this weekend facilitate that happening, then terrific. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to whether or not Zach is the goods because, you know, Sam Darnold was supposed to be that piece five years ago. uh, And we all saw where that wound up. So, they can do all the right things tonight and tomorrow and Saturday, and, um, and and frankly, almost everything else they do can be right. But at the end of the day, if that kid wasn't the right pick a year ago, then I'm not sure how much the rest of it is going to matter. Um, so I don't know if that's a direct answer to the question, because certainly if they get an offensive tackle and a wide receiver tonight, it will help a lot. But the most important piece at the end of the day is going to be the quarterback is either going to wind up having been the goods or he's not.
1: It's Kenny and Carlin talking to Greeny on Greeny, and he's out in Las Vegas for our NFL draft coverage. Uh, Greeny, one of the things that's always fascinating to me is the stories behind how these prospects got to the positions that they're in and being drafted into the National Football League. Throughout your draft prep, who has the most interesting or intriguing story from your perspective?
4: I think I told this one on on the radio show on Monday, but Bernard Ryman is an offensive tackle from Central Michigan who will likely go somewhere late in the first round, if not then certainly early in the second. Um, he started playing, he's, he's Austrian. He started playing football for the Vienna Vikings at the age of 14. He came to the U.S. as an exchange student. Uh, the, the host family that he lived with, one of the members of the family, was a football player at Central Michigan. So he became intrigued by that. He then went back to Austria, fulfilled his military obligations, came back to the U.S., played at Central Michigan, and is now going to be a 1st round pick in the NFL draft. So that, that to me, of, of all the stories they came across, and there are quite a few good ones, I think was my favorite. Another one that I like, George Karloftis, who was an edge rusher from Purdue, that candidly I would be okay if the Jets were to take um, somewhere late in the first or early in the second round. Um, he is from Greece, and his brother is an international judo champion, <laughs> Um, and he, Karloftis, the football player, um, was on the Greek national water, vol- water polo team. So there are a lot of fascinating little stories like that. But to be honest with you, Chris, I tend to stay away from those on our show. Um, I think that the differentiation between what we're doing and what ABC is doing, ABC is really focusing on the journey, the prospect journeys, their stories, all that kind of stuff. I feel like when people hear the name George Karloftis drafted tonight, they're going to want me to ask Mel and Lewis and Booger, is this a good fit? Is he a good enough player? Did they overdraft him, Over underdraft him? Does this make them the best team in the division, not the best team in the division? So I might sneak in a few of those every now and again, but that, that really is not going to be the focus of what I do tonight.
0: Greeny will anchor all the coverage tonight on ESPN with the aforementioned crew. He is joining us right now. Okay. What, aspect of the first few picks really outside of being a jet fan what intrigues you the most right now at the uh, at the top of this draft as we're just hours away well Trayvon Walker
4: is most likely going to go number one I saw Mel and McShay both put out their last mocks and they both have him going number one and I can tell you certainly Mel doesn't think he should um and I'm not convinced McShay thinks he should look I've been doing this uh, getting ready for this since the day after the national championship game, and and um, at that point, Trayvon Walker was being projected to go somewhere in the mid twenties. He was at like the twenty fourth best prospect in this draft, and somehow, without playing a football game, he went from twenty fourth to number one in the draft tonight. And that, of course, and, and Chris Canty, you know this better than anybody, that they go to all these measurables, they go to the traits, which is the word they use now. So he ran an unbelievable 40, and he's got an unbelievable vertical. And they'll make a bunch of reasons why the tape doesn't demonstrate what he's so great at. And so the reality is they're betting on the fact that he will do things in the NFL that he never did in college. I'm not suggesting that he won't, but that to me is the most interesting piece of all of this. Aiden Hutchinson, who is the other candidate to go number one, who's also a defensive end for Michigan, had 14 sacks last year. He had infinitely more production. You can see on the tape the things that he did to wreck football games. Trayvon Walker was maybe the fourth or fifth best-known player on his own defense last year. So that, to me, is the most intriguing piece of it. And it doesn't mean he won't be a great player. I hope he is a great player. But what he hasn't been so far is a great player, or at least not nearly to the level that several others in this class have been. And yet he's the one who's going to go number one.
1: Greeny, this is not the strongest quarterback draft in both Mel Kuyper's and Todd McShay's final mic drafts. They have quarterbacks coming off the board in the back half of the first round, 19 for Todd McShay, uh, Kenny Pickett going to the New Orleans Saints, and then, of course, with Mel, it's 20, Malik Willis going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Your thoughts on seeing a quarterback come off, the first quarterback come off the board that late in the first round?
4: That's everything we're hearing. Um, I There was a, a, a point... About a week, if you had asked me this question a week or so ago, I would have said I thought Carolina was going to take a quarterback at six. Um, and, and look, maybe all of the information that these teams are putting out there right now are, is just misinformation, which is typical of the time. And, um, and there are a lot of smoke screens out there. But everything that we are hearing suggests that the quarterbacks are going to slob. So I think that sounds about right. I think that those two will go in the first round somewhere in that range. Uh, I think most people are looking at New Orleans and the Steelers. I think the Panthers would love to trade back and take one. The Panthers, as, as most people may know, don't have a second or third round pick. They traded those two to the Jets for Sam Donald. So um, I think if Carolina could trade back and take one, they would. But I don't know how interested anyone is in trading up. And it takes two to tango. So I think that sounds about right. And then the question is, does a third one go at the very end? of the first round, maybe Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, maybe someone sneaks in to picks 31 or 32 to get that 50-year option on a quarterback. I, I think that is the likeliest scenario for quarterbacks tonight. Those two guys, Willis um, and Pickett, go in the mid-teens to early 20s, and then maybe Ritter sneaks in at the very end of round one.
0: Greeny with us from Vegas. Last one for me, Greeny. At, we got what your ideal scenario is. What is your nightmare scenario for the Jets tonight?
4: <laughs> well, look, I hate to say this out loud, but I mean, I just told you my fears about Trayvon Walker. And, and for the longest time there, I thought that's what was going to happen. In fact, my typical Jets fan pessimism, I was positive that's what was going to happen, was that he was going to be sitting there at four and the Jets were going to take him. Um, uh, 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 there, there, I think there is a little more certainty in the tackles and the corners and the receivers than there are on the edge rushers. So Kayvon Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker, um, some of the others uh, are are guys that I would be a little bit hesitant about. I think if the Jets come out of this with these two picks they have in the top 10, if the Jets come out of it with a receiver, a corner, and or a tackle, like two of those three positions, they will be outstanding. Um, Those are the scenarios that I'm rooting for. Anything else, I guess, I'm rooting against. It's hard for me to pinpoint a specific nightmare scenario. I I guess, let me put it this way. The nightmare scenario is there is a run on receivers, and the Jets don't have one sitting there at 10. I, I think that's what they really want, is they're counting on getting one of the really good ones at 10, and if none of them are sitting there anymore by the time they pick at 10, I think that would be a bad scenario for the Jets.
0: Grady, Godspeed tonight. We will be watching at 7 p.m. Eastern for all the coverage beginning on ESPN with you and the crew. Enjoy Vegas tonight. Don't double down on 12.
4: (laughs) Thank you, boys. Thanks for holding it down. I'll see you soon.
0: Absolutely. That is Greeny, live from Vegas. And it's got to be an incredibly... I mean, listen, it's Vegas to begin with. But this is why I think I woke up with all the excitement because you have so many teams with so much on the line tonight. There's so much energy in an event like this, and you can kind of tell it in his voice right there.
1: No doubt about it. I mean, you saw the NFL Live crew and they're doing their draft day special yesterday, and it was just amazing just to see how excited the prospects are that came on the show, how excited everybody is because hope springs eternal this time of year for every single NFL fan base, Carlin. And that's why we all look forward to tonight because this could be the moment. This could represent the moment that our team's fortunes begin to turn. And so I'm excited about what's going to happen tonight. I'm excited for these young men that have worked their tails off to be in this position, Carlin, because it's hard as hell to make it into the National Football League. When you start talking about high school football players, less than 2% have a chance to make it to the National Football League. So it's a hell of an accomplishment to hear your name called on draft night. And on the first night of the draft, to be a first-round pick, it's pretty damn special.
0: 888-SAY-ESPN, Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Your bold predictions for the draft tonight. We're taking them right now. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today. You can catch us every day, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern, on ESPN Radio. Our new show debuted this week. And let's hit Mark in Indiana up next on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Mark, what's up, buddy?
4: I predict that Pittsburgh becomes a top-ten run defense by
0: getting number 99 out of Georgia on some number 20 pick. Devontae Wyatt, he is referencing, I believe, Chris. No, Devante Jordan, Wyatt. Jordan, Davis. Jordan I, Davis. No, Jordan Davis
1: is Jordan 99? Davis.
0: Jordan Davis is 99. Devontae Wyatt is number 95, Carl. Ah, I saw, I was 95. thinking Devontae Wyatt because I had seen him in two other mock drafts that had the Steelers taking him yep. as opposed to uh, a quarterback at that point.
1: Yeah, I, actually, I, I, I like the move, though. I mean, yeah. I think that would be a great Wyatt move. Wyatt or Pittsburgh. Davis? You like Davis more? I like Davis more for what Pittsburgh needs. Pittsburgh needs that run stuffer. You know, you're going back to the days of Casey Hampton having a guy like that. Even Javon Hargrove when he was playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers when they drafted him out of South Carolina State. Like, that's what they need to go alongside Stephon Tewitt, Cam Haywood. Not to mention – Devin Bush and Miles Jack as your stack linebackers in the middle of that defense. So I like that. The only problem that I have is Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. They absolutely need a quarterback. So it would be hard for me to see them passing on a quarterback at the top of the draft for a defensive tackle. I just don't see that.
0: Brian in Oceanside, New York, is up next on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Brian, what do you got?
4: How you doing, guys? Uh, I just want to know what are you guys think of Kyle Hamilton. He seems to be falling a lot. I'm a big Notre Dame guy, and I hate to see it. Also, I wanted to ask you guys, why is the middle linebacker position so undervalued in the first round of the draft? Thanks, guys.
0: Chris, it feels like middle linebacker and safety, for that matter, are now positions that are undervalued in general, and that's probably working against Hamilton, although Mel absolutely loves Hamilton.
1: Yeah, I think the thing with Hamilton is that he's sliding a little bit just because he didn't run well at the combine. I want to say his 40 time was four five nine, And you'd like to see that somewhere in the four 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 five range, especially if you want a guy that can be versatile, can play the deep middle of the field, but also play down in the box. And so, although I believe Kyle Hamilton has shown more range than his 40 time would suggest, there are going to be some teams that wonder whether or not that's going to hurt him once he gets to the next level. As far as the inside linebacker position goes, Carlin, I mean, I don't know how undervalued it is. I mean, Michael Parsons was the 12th overall pick last year. We saw Devin White and Devin Bush in recent years come off the board in the
0: top, top 10, top 5. So I don't know if it's undervalued as much as people think it is. It's going to be awesome tonight. The energy is already there. The draft just hours away. We've got it all on ESPN Radio beginning at 7 on ESPN as well.
1: Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN radio and see it with the video on ESPN plus also catch Greeny on get up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN and also available wherever you get your
3: podcast. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half.